0: Welcome to Rise and Thrive Conversations for Greatness, the podcast where personal growth, motivation and inspiration take center stage. I'm your host, John Mercus, and today we're diving deep into the realms of success and excellence with a special guest. Our guest embodies the spirit of Rise and Thrive, his dedication to leading teams to greatness and his insights into achieving success in any industry Make him a beacon of motivation for us all seeking to elevate our personal and professional lives. Join us as our guest shares his journey and invaluable lessons on thriving through challenges and inspiring greatness in others. Nick Glover, it's an honour to have you on the show, mate.
1: Intros are one thing, but that is uh, that is fantastic, mate. Have you, How long have you been working on that? Honestly,
0: well, mate, I know you very, I know you very well. Now it's so great to be together again yeah because it's been so long since we've had headphones and a mic in front of each other and been together now i know we're virtually you're on the other side of the world you're in canada but we're doing it again we are here we are and i remember
1: those days at uh, 3sa where we used to sit across the desk from each other and just took a load of you know what and and, and try to learn our craft which was uh, it, it was eventful to say the least as i'm sure you remember
0: I do remember some of those times uh, I have so many fond memories and yeah. and I did, I did learn a lot through those times. So when we were together at 3SA playing favourites, I was really interested to know what are some of your fondest memories of that time?
1: So my fondest memories were basically knowing that I wanted to do something but not really knowing how to do it and i think in life that's that's one of the biggest uh, things that stops people from doing anything in life is the fact that we just don't know how to do it and so i you know sort of scoured the internet uh scout the local paper back then of course and all sorts of other things and uh, and i i found you know melbourne radio school i found clark sinclair at 3sa made a phone call he invited me to go along and see him i saw him he saw some sort of potential i'm not sure what um, and away we went and we did uh, what four four days a week four days a week four nights a week in uh, queen yeah. street in melbourne uh, just reading ads just reading copy and we did that for what two two and a half hours every day four days a week and then we did radio twice a week on the week uh, twice a on the weekends. So yeah, it was uh, something that you had to commit to 100%. Otherwise it wasn't going to work. And that's what we do. Yeah. We, we commit ourselves 100% and we make, uh, we make stuff happen.
0: Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it was quite a commitment in taking action to fulfilling our dreams. Wasn't it? So yeah, yeah, those four nights a week reading those ads for the voice training. Yep. And and then those two shifts a weekend that we that we had to do yep. sometimes solo often together and that's why I was saying uh, before listeners uh, Nick and I used to sit each other opposite each other on the on the desk and do our radio show and play great music favorites. together <laughs> favorites yeah that was it playing favorites and that was a good slogan because you could get to play the old stuff or the new stuff it didn't matter we just we just called it favorites
1: yeah
0: I do remember your attitude and mindset, even back then, I could see that you were going to achieve your goal. i it, It's not something that I can even articulate now, but it was just a presence that I know that you had. Mm. And I, I guess it's because you had that commitment and that intention that was shining through.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when you when you make that much effort into something, like you're doing four days a week, you're doing two shifts on the weekend, you're away from your family, away from your friends, you're dedicating yourself to something to then, f- from my point of view, to then not succeed is, is just something that I can't contemplate, you know. It took me some time. It took me 14 months from start to uh, sort of finish, if you like, when I actually got my first job in radio. But it was a journey that I, I wouldn't change for the world because it just showed family, friends and everyone around me that – if you put your mind to something, there is nothing you can't do. I mean, you know, my, my, I didn't even have an Australian accent. I mean, I still don't really, you know, I have a sort of a hybrid accent. And so to, to get into radio with, without the full goods, if you like, again, it's just tenacity, mate, you've just got to keep going. I, I uh, actually applied for pretty much every single country radio station in Victoria at one time or another. And finally got into a, to a station in uh, Deniliquin, of all places, if you can believe it, you know, New South Wales, and actually started my career in a tiny town called Cobram, tiny, tiny town, you know, uh, population absolutely nothing, and I did that for twelve months, and then got my my favourite gig, which was with Edge FM in uh, in Wangaratta, and I was there for what five or six, seven years. So yeah, from that point of view, you just have to put your mind to it. And if you do that, and if you do the work, and you say this quite a lot on your show, you know, if you do the work and you put yourself in a position where it can happen, I firmly believe that it will happen. You know, it's the old Bradbury story, yeah? Okay, he wasn't the fastest on the ice, but he put himself in a position that if it all went his way, he could win. And that's that's my philosophy in life. If you put yourself in a position where it can happen, nine times out of 10, it does.
0: Wow, Nick, that's uh, awesome straight off straight off the bat. For those people that aren't familiar with Stephen Bradbury, he's an Australian ice skater that won gold at the Olympics because he put himself in that position. A few people fell over in front of him and, uh, and off he went and won the gold, which was awesome. I was going to ask you as well, I don't know, you're English, you're Australian, you're Canadian, so I know your accent is a little bit English. We met in Australia. Now you live in Canada. So you're a pretty, uh, pretty international man. I wouldn't say of mystery because... I'm jet set. Yeah, you're jet set. That's right. Yeah, so yeah. so what, how many passports have you got? What is your actual nationality and uh, what's going on in Canada right now?
1: So I'm not sure how much I can say on air, but I have three passports.
0: <laughs> right. uh, my
1: parents my parents are English, so I have an English passport. I was born in Canada, so I have a Canadian passport. And of course, I live most of my adult life in Australia, so I, uh, I have my, uh, my Australian passport as well do i class myself as english no do i class myself as canadian right now no i still identify quite firmly as australian i i love the place i i have fond memories i have two kids that were born and raised in australia you know i have a lot of happy memories but life takes you to many, many strange and wonderful places. I lived in Europe for a, for about four or five years, you know, Scandinavian country, didn't speak the language, but still managed to make the most of it and found a lot of solace in my podcast back then, believe it or not, John. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a bit of a podcast myself. Very, very small. I wasn't getting the sort of numbers you are, but it was something during COVID that I did and uh, and thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, so I absolutely understand where you're coming from in this regard, because it's a, it's a lot of fun. But look, I'm Canadian, you know, I was born here. I have a Canadian passport, but I I I strongly identify as Australian because I think, uh, you know, when you spend as as much time as you do in a place and you you Mm -hmm. love the culture, you love the people, you love the way of life, it's very, very hard to walk away from. But having said that, this place is beautiful. Like I'm looking out now at a mountain called Mount Etwell, which is just magnificent. I live 45 minutes away from Whistler, which is top five uh, skiing mountains in the world, and I live literally 35 minutes from Vancouver, which is one of the most, you know, to be any more like Melbourne would be criminal, it really mm-hmm. would. It's, it's it's almost a, a replica. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, they do say that Australia and Canada have a, a similarities in, in the culture. I know Canada has a, a amazing landmass and, and different, uh, different landscapes, similar and different. But I, I have heard that the people and the culture can be similar. So, yeah, good to hear that reinforced. And you're still on the air, which is great. Still doing...
1: Yeah. yeah, I sort of, uh, I went through a bit of a tough time last year, early la- uh, last year with uh, with employment and stuff like that. As we all do, you know, everyone sort of has their ups and downs, peaks and troughs. I sort of reached out to the local radio station here in Squamish. Uh, we live in a small town called Squamish. I spoke to the, the guy there, Darren, and I sort of said, hey did a few years of radio in the, in Australia, and I'd, I'd love to get back on, on air, part-time only. I can only do sort of one shift a week. And literally, we, we kept in touch all the way through January 2023 until he rang me in early October, October last year and said, hey, mate, I've got uh, the Saturday shift between seven and one o'clock if you want to have a crack. And I thought, well, I work five days a week, and now I'm going to be working the sixth day. Do I really want to do it? But I took it on board. I thought, you know what? Let's do this. It's uh, it's a bit of fun. It's a passion. It's a hobby. I yeah. love being on air. I love uh, communicating with people, and I, I love that sort of that freedom that, that it gives me. So yeah, back on air now for what three months, four months. Yeah, absolutely loving it. I really do. It's a great show. We have a lot of good listeners. We have a lot of good sponsors. Everyone at the radio station is just a joy to work with. So couldn't be couldn't be any happier, mate. With my with my real job and my my hobby job, it's uh, it's fantastic.
0: So there's another testament of you wanted something, you kept in contact with this gentleman even though there might not have been anything at the end of that, but because you were interested in doing that, you kept in contact and uh, you got the result called being on air in Mountain FM.
1: Yeah. And it was really discreet too. Like it was just, uh, I knew cause I listened all the time. So I knew when he wasn't, when he was away, I knew what he was doing. I knew what was happening, you know, cause obviously DJs, they like to sort of let people know what's happening. And mm-hmm. the big one was he went away to the UK for a few, for a week or two and he came back and I wrote him a very, very quick email. I just said, Hey mate, glad you're back. You know, I hope you had a great time. The team looked after the place fantastically, did a great job. Obviously, great leadership. Congratulations, well done. And he rang me like literally a week after and said, "Hey, thanks for the email. Sorry, I haven't been in touch for a while, but uh, hey, got the gig on on Saturday if you want it." And so, yeah, consistency and and you know p- persistence is is a big thing for me as as it is mm-hmm. for a lot of people. You know, you've just got to if you really do want something, then you've got to you've got to go for it. You you cannot expect it to come to you, and that's a big thing for most people. It's 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 a common theme that I've I've heard in in your podcasts. You know, people who achieve good things and great things in their lives they go after it they don't wait for it to fall in their lap they don't wait for somebody else to give it to them they get out there they do the hard yards they 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 really do do what they have to do to get where they want to be
0: yeah thanks for noticing and also as you say for most people now this is why I think we need we need things like this because i don't know if most people are have that kind of mindset that you have and you can learn it and you can plug into it and get inspiration and motivation by listening to a podcast like this or or however, whatever motivates you. Yeah. But it's really admirable. And it, it, I've, got, I've got to have a suspicion that it's because it comes naturally to you and that's how you operate. No. That you might. No? That's,
1: that's no? No, 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 no. You see, this is the thing. People think that people like you, you and I and, and a lot of the people that you've had on the podcast, that it just happens. And that's not true. It's not true. Confidence doesn't just happen. Confidence is something that you have to build up over time. Positive thinking is something that you don't just have. You have to continually remind yourself that you are a positive thinker. Giving gratitude to the universe is something that you have to constantly do. You can't just do it once, go, oh, I'm grateful to the to the, uh, you know, to the universe, and that's it. The universe goes, oh, he's, he's grateful. Let's just uh, go with that. It's something that you have to remind yourself. I mean, one of the great things I heard you say was that you stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself, you're great, you're great, you're great. Well, I give thanks to the universe, and I, I sort of say thank you, and, and, I, and I have all these wonderful thoughts in my head before I go to sleep, when I wake up in the morning, when I'm in the shower, when I'm brushing my teeth. And there's times and places to do it and and i do it consistently because you have to remind yourself that being positive is it's a mindset it's not it's not just natural it is it is not just natural and that is i think the big problem that people struggle with is the fact that it is a continuous slog in so many ways to keep that positive mindset to change your mindset from you know a negative to a positive it can happen but you've got to want it to happen it doesn't just happen
0: nice and put in the and put in the effort so Uh, That that leads me, I love some of the things that you post on your socials and the latest one you posted was, we're all just a bunch of weirdos trying to figure out what the fuck we're doing here. We're all crazy and we're all struggling. Some of us are just more honest about it. So that kind of almost sums up what you were just saying there. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I have, we have a wonderful, uh, my partner and I have a wonderful uh, conversation on a regular basis where she tells me I'm weird and I tell her that she's weird, but I think I'm not weird. And she says, well, of course you're weird. I wouldn't be interested in you if you weren't weird, yeah? So the thing is, sometimes <laughs> sometimes how we look to other people is not the same way as we see ourselves. I mean, I certainly don't see myself as a weird guy, but she does. She sees me as a bit, you know, sort of out there, a bit strange, a bit kooky in some ways because of the things I say and because of the things I do in my life. But uh, I wouldn't change anything, and she wouldn't change me either. So that's, uh, that's a wonderful thing when somebody accepts you for who you are. And I really honestly believe that we are all tortured children of tortured children. Yeah. You know, everyone's got a hang up. Everyone's got an issue. Everyone's got a problem. And in life, it's the way you deal with it. Like one of my favorite sayings is, it's not the problem, it's the way you deal with the problem. And I've, I've sort of I've tried to live by that as much as I can throughout my life. And hey, it seems to be working. Yeah. My, my life is not perfect by any stretch of anyone's imagination, but every day I get up. I get dressed, and I show up to work, and I do all the things I have to do, and life's pretty sweet. Can't complain.
0: I love your philosophy on on gratitude and how you enact that into your life. Can you tell us a bit about how, how you do that?
1: Well, again, it comes down to what we were saying before and the fact that you have to remind yourself on a constant basis that gratitude is not something that you can just do once, like the showering, yeah? Like you said, you can't just shower once, and that's it for the rest of your life. So I give gratitude between 30 and 50 times every day. And they're fleeting milliseconds. I get into my car and I give thanks for the fact that, A, I have a car. It doesn't matter what the car is, I'm grateful that I have a car. Because as I pull out of my driveway, I see someone on a pushbike or I see two people walking to work or I see someone who's sitting on the side of the road or doesn't have a job. You know, we have a homeless shelter just up the road from us here in Squamish. And it is it is sad to see. And I, I sort of just give thanks for the fact that I drive from here to, to, to Whistler to go to work. We have some of the the most beautiful scenery in the world. I mean, coming up to Whistler Mountain is just incredible. You've got the, the Big Lakes, Daisy Lake. You've got all these wonderful places. And just to give thanks to be in this environment and to do it every single day and to have a car and to get to work and have a job and have two jobs and have a beautiful family and have family all over the world. There is so much to give thanks for, yet some people... They get up every day and they go through their life and they don't think about any of it. They don't think about giving thanks for the fact they have a bed to sleep in, a house to live in, a car to drive to work in. They just take it for granted. And to me, that's pretty sad. It's, it's not a nice... For me, and this is me. I mean, this is just me. This is I'm not. I'm not being judgmental in any way, shape, or form. I just find it. I just wonder how they how they sort of motivate themselves and how they get through life with with a with a positive mindset. Because if you're not giving, if you're not grateful for things, I just wonder, you know, what else is going on in your life? Yeah.
0: I love that being in the present moment and being grateful for the small things the big things the the everything and how often you do that and I like how you expressed and said look it doesn't have to be minutes or you know whatever it can just be moments where you pick up on that gratitude you remind yourself of the present moment and that helps you with your with your mindset and if we want to get a bit cosmic I bet you your energy is is one of the uh, attracts greatness in your life because you are taking that kind of action in your mind.
1: Everyone has ups and downs, Sean. Everyone has ups and downs. And I think I mentioned before, it's not the problem that you have, it's the way you deal with the problem. And I have in my life developed this seven-second rule and some people think it's a good thing, some people think it's a bad thing, but I think it's sort of put me in a good a good position most of my adult life anyway. And the seven second rule is so simple. Basically when something bad happens or something happens, no matter what it is, I give myself the first seven seconds to have a think about it before I react to it. Because I find you know, in my younger days, I would react too quickly and, and a reaction is a reaction. Once it's done, it's done. There's no taking it back. But the way I try and roll is if I think about something for five to seven seconds, whatever the reaction is after that, I own. I own that. It's good, bad, indifferent. But whatever it is, it's on me. You can't say, oh, it was in the heat at the moment. You can't say, you know, it was just one of those things. It's not. I had time. I thought about it. My reaction is my reaction. And 9.9 times out of 10, the reaction is a positive one because I've had time to think about it. And instead of reacting and flying off the handle and getting upset and mad and swearing and whatever, you've got time to think about it and go, you know what? Is it worth getting mad about? Is it worth having the initial reaction that I was going to have? And it's not perfect. It's not fail safe. But in the majority of cases, 9.7% of the time or 9.7%. Times out of ten, it actually works out quite well, and it saved me all sorts of drama and trauma and headaches in my life. So I'm pretty happy with the way that's worked out.
0: Nick, I love that seven second rule, and taking that time to just take a beat and then have a think about how you want to handle it or what you want to do that, and then own it as well. I like how you're yeah, taking yeah. taking responsibility, but you're taking massive amount of responsibility. By using that seven-second rule and saying, I'm just going to take a pause and think about it. And also, too, I've been exposed to this concept before. Just because you think it doesn't mean that it's real or doesn't mean that you have to act on it. Absolutely. And I love that kind of analysis that you're doing to go, okay, well, I'm, I'm just letting my thoughts be my thoughts. Yeah. And then and then I'll do whatever I'm going to do or take the action that I'm going to take.
1: And it really stems from my management positions that I had with uh, with the bank in Australia and before, yep. uh, having your own business and all that sort of stuff. I mean, when you have staff, when you have customers and clients coming through your business, you, you have to think about what you're doing. You know, reputation is everything, not just from your clients, but also your staff. I mean, if you're an absolute asshole mm-hmm. – um, to your staff that information gets out and in small country towns you can't have that and when you work for a big multinational bank and you you're you're training staff to to look after clients and be the best person they can be if you react to every single thing that upsets you in that environment mate you're done You know, you are absolutely cream-crackered. So you've got to develop something. And and some people do one thing, and that's what I do. You know, I have the seven-second rule. It's not fail-safe. Please don't think it's perfect because it's not. But nine times out of ten, between five and seven seconds, just taking that time. And as I said, you do. You own the result because you've had time to think about it. So therefore, what you do is completely on you. Can't blame anybody else.
0: I love it. I love it. Have you got any other Nick Glover philosophies or things that you're living by like that? You've explained the the gratitude. You've got a whole bunch of awareness, self-awareness going on. You've given us the five to seven second rule. What other tools are in that kit bag that you use?
1: Consistency is is a big one for me. Persistency. I think we've mentioned that one before, but also never giving up. So, I have, a, uh, I have a, a big philosophy in telling the universe what you want. This is a big one for me. It's, it's a really big one and it's something that I've, I've always hung my hat on. And I can, I, can, I can show you many examples of how this has worked over the years. But a lot of people use visual boards. A lot of people have, you know, sort of notebooks where they have notes in. I have a mental notebook and a mental visual board. That's all I have. And I pick something that I want and I keep it in the back of my mind and I go back to it at least at least once a day, if not more maybe three, five times a day, and I say to myself, whatever that thing is that I want to bring into my life, then that is what I think about, and that's what I see, and that's what I talk about, and that's what I try and you know, manifest. Manifestation is a, is a massive thing. A lot of people do it. Do we all do it the same way? Absolutely not. For me, it's a very personal thing. It's a very, you're reminding yourself of where you want to be, what you want in your life, and how you want to get it. And they're very important factors because, as we said before, nothing is coming to me Nothing's coming to me. People aren't coming and saying, "Hey, Nick, here's this," and "Hey, Nick, here's that." It's me wanting something and then working out the tools and the uh, and the pathway to make it happen. Does it always work? No, but I promise you this: ninety to ninety-five percent of the time, it does come true. It does come true. Like my radio career, my banking career—you know, all, all sorts of wonderful things I've done in my life have come to fruition because of that particular method and that particular philosophy.
0: I love it. I love it. And it's something our listeners can take on as well. And I'm finding this super inspiring and I'm sure our listeners are as well.
1: Can we do one more thing though, John? Can we do one yeah. more thing on that? Because this is yeah. a really big one. I, I owned a, a chicken shop in Australia many years ago and I had uh, a, a young, not a young lady. She was sort of uh, middle-aged, I suppose you'd say. She was a lovely lady, but she had a very, very traumatic home life. And I'm not going to go into details because it's none of my business, not, not, my, not my place to say anything. But the time that we would spend together, which would be seven, eight hours a day, it got to the point where we had a conversation, and she really sort of was was drawn to the way I, I was living my life, and the fact that good things happened to me, and and you know, good things happened to my family, and all this sort of stuff. And she asked me the question one day. She said, "How do you do it?" And I said, uh, "What you think about you bring about," which is not my not my line, but it's a line I love. And and she said, "Well, what do you mean?" So we actually sat down, and had a coffee, and I said to her, "What." What do you want in your life and she told me and i won't re- reveal what she said but i gave her this piece of advice and i said if you do this and it works do you promise me that you'll convert it to what we're talking about now to what you've just told me and she said you know what i will i said okay i said i want you to start thinking about somebody anybody taking you out for a coffee she said well, what i said just think that somebody in the next five or ten days is going to say hey let's go for coffee and see what happens because she was complaining that nobody ever talks to her and she got no friends and all this sort of stuff. So I said, give it a go, see what happens. How many days do you think it was before she was invited out for coffee?
0: Less than five or ten or five or ten? Four days. Four days. Four days.
1: And I, if, if I I could sit here and tell you, and of course it's, you know, it's not verifiable because it could be a load of BS, of course you can. But within a, a space of 12 months, she completely and utterly turned her life around. She'd lost the husband. <laughs> She'd... Uh, she, she'd moved on with her life. She found a really nice guy. And I, I still keep in touch with her, you know, once, maybe twice a year. And uh, she's in a really healthy, lovely place. And a lot of that stems from those conversations where you sort mm. of – you've got to prove to people that it's real, yeah? You've got to prove to people that if you do this, it's going to work. Mm. And, you know, I can tell you countless stories where I've had those conversations with people and they, they adopt that mindset, and it's amazing what happens.
0: That certainly is a conversation for greatness that you had and shared with that person and that made such a difference in her life and she's got that forever, yeah. Uh, which that's so great that you're able to give that away and make such a difference to someone. Love that story, mate. Love it. Some of the things you were saying reminded me back in 2006. Do you know why that year is so significant for me?
1: 2006. uh, It's a bit of a trick question.
0: Yeah, no, it's a needle in a haystack me. for you, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the year we did the <laughs> Why Winners Win seminar together. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness,
1: is that two thousand six? Is it? Really yeah, yeah, that's right. You said the F word before. I thought a Brick was uh, being quite good.
0: No, no, I wasn't pulling you up on your swearing. I just said you go, but uh, I think there's a slight delay because we're across the world. Oh, okay. But, but uh, you, you know, <laughs> and I, uh, I, for this episode, I thought, look. Some people actually want me to swear more. So I thought, oh, well, um, when it's fuck appropriate. It, or- it. or- yeah. <laughs> well, why the fuck not? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, um,
1: it, it's a problem being a, an Australian in Canada because Canadians, they like to sort of say the S word, but the F bomb, they're not big on. Yeah, they're not big on the okay. f-bomb, so you know. And I love it; I drop it all the time at work, yeah. everywhere. Not on air, of course. I don't do it on air. I, I have the uh, the mental fortitude not to do that. But yeah, swearing's good. Swearing is, is is therapeutic. I absolutely believe that swearing is therapeutic. I love it.
0: Yeah, there's another good tip as well. Um, so yeah, we're going. I, what I was saying was when I said I might have to edit that out, I was th- I was thinking about the year two thousand and six because that was a long time ago. I know. But um, but. Great times as yeah. as they are now, but yeah. great yeah. times. So for the for the listeners, Nick and I together, we thought let's do some work together and make a difference to people. And I had a seminar that I ran called "Why Winners Win." Nick loved it. Nick and I did it together. And Nick made uh, some radio ads for it,
1: and it was a really good concept too. And it and it, it's a real shame we didn't take off in in a bigger way because you know we had grand plans for it. And I know we did. We put a lot of work into it, mm-hmm. uh, but life gets in the way, eh? And you know it was a really good concept. It was a great concept in in the fact that Alex would come out and give people the uh, you know the concepts of franchise. And the concept of working for yourself and, and all sorts of other sort of t- you know, little knickknacks about how to uh, get on in life. And then of course you'd come out and give them the tools to actually get out there and fucking do it. And, <laughs> um, and I, I love that, you know, it was a really good contrast. And and I, I remember the, the two that we did, the one at the swimming pool, which was the first one. And then the one we did at the radio station, yeah, that's right, AGFM in Wangaratta, yeah, and we got good response. You know, we got good response from them. They were, they were, they were good, good. It was a good concept. It was a great concept.
0: It was one of those things where I think, even though it might not have worked out the way that we thought it did, it actually really did work out. And I still give that talk today. So yeah, absolutely. So you should. It, yeah, it's it's still alive. And for those, some of the concepts we talk about, you've got to have a dream. How to create self esteem. How to distinguish fact from opinion. Being prepared to work. Perseverance. Inspiration. Who you associate with. Serendipity. So a lot of the a lot of the things we're talking about today. But I wanted to bring that up again with you because it was such 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 a good time when we did that together.
1: And there was a lot of effort put in by you and Alex because, of course, we, I was in Wangaratta. And uh, you guys would drive up, and you had that old car at the time. Remember the old
0: the old car that you
1: had, the Kingswood. Yep. Yeah. And I often wondered when you were late whether you were going to make it. I mean, it was just <laughs> one of those things. And uh, yeah, and we, we had a couple of times at Alex's where we were designing stuff and uh, doing yeah. PowerPoints, and yeah. you know, and, and we and we made that happen. And it was uh, it was a really it was a wonderful time actually. I I, I look back on those days, and uh, mm. and you're right, there is uh, there is something about what we did then, which which sort of catapulted me to next level in the way I think about things and in the way that I, I live my life. And you, you are know, a big part of that too because your philosophy is something that I've taken on board in in small amounts and, you know, we're all, we're all sort of creatures of little bits of little people, yeah? There's there's a lot of people that I've met in my life which I absolutely detest. Now, I don't dislike many people. I can name three that I can think of right off the bat. But what I will say is I learnt lots from them. I right. learnt exactly how I didn't want to be with people, Yeah. So you learn, you learn from people you like, you learn from people you love, but you also learn from people you dislike. And sometimes you learn more from the people you don't like than you do from the people you do. So,
0: Yeah, it reminds me of sporting teams where they often say, we learn more from our losses than our wins.
1: Yeah, well, I actually saw Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran did a, a speech ages ago, I think. I'm not sure exactly when. And he said that he's learned more from things he got wrong than he's mm. ever learned from things he got right. Mm-hmm. And there's not too many of us that could look back on that particular statement and go, that's a load of bollocks, because it's not. You learn when you're, when you're succeeding, when you're going downhill at a million miles an hour and everything's working out for you, there's no problems, no bumps in the road, what do you learn? You learn not much. What do you learn when things are not going right? What do you learn when you've lost your job? What do you learn when you're having trouble at work? What do you What do you learn when you're having trouble in a relationship? You learn how to adapt, how to be flexible, how to compromise, how to... You learn, and you learn how to get through. And nine times out of ten, you should come through. You do come through with more knowledge and a, and a better person, fingers crossed, yeah?
0: Yeah, I love that philosophy, Nick, and going back to where we we're talking about our uh, Why Winners Win seminar we did together, it really was the journey rather than the destination that was so grand, because we got to spend time together, we had those interesting uh, journeys together, uh, uh, literally, as you say, driving up in my in my old car to, uh, to Angaretta, which I really loved, and yeah, the, the journey was... And still is amazing. It was, and I still I still think about it. We have those great memories.
1: Just Yeah, just, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it was great because I had two young kids and, and they loved being a part of it too. You know, the one we did in the swimming pool, they were there. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure Amy still remembers. I, I have spoken to Amy in the past about that particular day and the lead up to the day. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but we were all so engrossed in what we were doing that particular day. We burnt the pizzas, remember? We had the smoke detectors going off in the house and... <laughs> Like there was, there was just so much shit going on and we were, you know, fine-tuning those PowerPoints and, you know, this was a seminar in a flipping swimming pool, but you, Alex, and I gave it 110%. Like we give everything 110% and you guys were awesome on the night, you know, it was it was so, it was, and I can see it, I can still picture that particular place. It was, It, it was a wonderful day. It was a wonderful lead up to the day too. It was a wonderful day.
0: Yeah, it was. It was absolutely fantastic. I think the other lesson for everyone is just enjoy what you're doing as you're doing it. And I know we've got plans and we want to manifest greatness and, you know, have all the all the things that we have. I know it's so cliched, but the journey is so important. And even I remember listening in, to an interview with uh, Jerry Seinfeld and, and someone asked him, what's your biggest regret? And he said, my only regret is that I didn't enjoy the experience as it was happening more. 'Cause he yep. was had that concerns about, you know, yep. getting everything right in the script. And, yep. and when he's looking back, he's going, Oh my God, what an amazing time, but I didn't appreciate it at the time. So I guess mm. it's just a little bit of a not a wake up call, but a little bit of a reminder to everyone to go, Whatever your journey is right now, enjoy it, because you'll probably look back back on it and go, That was pretty good. It's, it's like those good old days. You look back on the good old days, but when you're in it, did you realise it was the good old days?
1: It is, uh, it is an amazing thing because if you think about where you are right now, there's all sorts of things you could pick up about it that are wrong, okay? I don't have enough money. I don't have a nice enough car. I don't live in a big enough house. I don't have this. I don't have that. There are so many things that you can pick holes in. But the difference between people who have that positive mindset and that positive attitude
0: and actually move on. How good is Nick? Oh my God, that seven second rule that will save you in so many situations. I love how easy he finds gratitude in everyday things to boost himself, to make him feel great and to bring positivity into his life and those around him. There's more Nick next week, so we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us on Rise and Thrive Conversations for Greatness with John Mercus. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, and you do matter. Embrace the journey of personal growth and motivation. Let's go out there and do something great. Follow or subscribe for more insights and inspiration every Tuesday. Until next time, stay awesome.